Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arsketting coming to you live from North Carolina, and what a blessed day we have here on another beautiful Wednesday here in the end of August. And we want to look at what the Lord gives us an example of how to unlock our faith, especially in a season where um, worry and distractions are at its highest point uh, that they have been in a while with not only what's going on here economically, but around the world as well and spiritually on top of all that being just combined together can, can add stress um, that is not healthy. And what we want to do is rely upon the Lord to provide for our faith and uh, hopefully um, be able to bring peace to our lives and to the situations that we're involved with. So with that being said, the um, portion of scripture we want to look at today is in Genesis 22 in the story of the offering of Isaac from Abraham. And it's, again, this is, most of you probably understand this stuff, but I want to go through this just to refresh ourselves and remind ourselves of some things here that can help guide us in these situations that we're in in today's day and age. So we start out, and let me blow this up, in Genesis 22, we see that the Lord comes to Abraham, and I'm going to say high level on this because we have a lot to get to today. The Lord comes to Abraham and uh tells him to to take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a uh, there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. So Abraham prepares, gets ready, takes two men with him. Then on the third day, again, this is a representation of the, the journey that Christ himself took on the third day was uh, about to be offered up as a sacrifice. And then um, when Isaac obviously asks him where it, where the sacrifice will come from, Abraham simply says, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And you've probably heard different preachers teach about this, about what's going through Isaac's mind, what's going through Abraham's mind, um, obviously the stress there. Uh, but then here comes the point where we want to rely upon is um, Abraham obviously goes forward with it. Then an angel of the Lord um, can't called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said to him, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And this, this points to that. Sometimes we go through in life situations where our faith is at a point where it's tested uh, by the Lord 
in order to get us to grow and, and go in that glory to glory, strength to strength, um, as we see later in the New Testament. And here Abraham passes the test. And the question for us is, is what tests are we in right now? What seasons of life is God trying to grow us and grow our faith in through whatever situation may be, whether it's natural or spiritual? And like, What is that place that, that they we're walking through that the Lord wants to test us through? Um, and then, then the key foundation here, they found the, they found the sacrifice to go in the bushes, the, the sheep in the bushes. And then Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide or Jehovah Jireh. And so today we want to look at the, what the Lord has done for us in these seasons. And what are those things he's testing us and ask the Lord to allow us, you to know him as our provider. And ultimately, that the testing of our faith unlocks faith. Your faith uh, unlocks provision, and so we we see that as we go through these situations, sometimes our faith we need to grow, and in part of that, our faith needs to grow. And so, we want to use this situation of okay, Lord, where it seems meek, bleak, whatever the economic situation is coming, dire situation is coming, not only naturally but spiritually as well is how can we prepare ourselves for those seasons to be prepared for when these seasons come and now is the time to do it and you can do it during um the war but it'll be harder um as we're inching closer and closer to these times where our faith needs to be enlarged for what's about to come not only for ourselves but for those around us in our community and city state nation as well and growing from there okay now, I have quite a few things to get to today, and I want to stay somewhat high level, but dip our toes in the water and go kind of deep. And there's a lot of distractions here domestically in the United States that can allow us to not stay focused on, on what the Lord's heart is with what's going on in the world. And, and Chuck Warren and more so gave advice to pay always pay attention to Israel, especially in this season, and he, he always says that, says that because it's very important to understand what's happening to Israel because it's a spiritual representation to what is happening um, around the world for those who stand for what the Lord is, is standing for. So we see that the Biden administration has ordered an attack on Iranian, Iranian-backed forces in Syria and uh, Colonel Joe Brusino talked about how said these precision strikes are intended to defend and protect U.S. forces from attacks like the ones on August 15th against U.S. personnel by Iran-backed forces, saying that the U.S. strike targeted infrastructure facilities used by groups affiliated with Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard. Now, you say, why is this really important? Okay, there's disputes going on. There's still to this day Obama – in 2000 i'm trying to remember the exact date um at the end of his presidency when the syrian war popped off he put troops in syria to deal with the threat of uh, the islamic state that he allowed to come into place the arab spring etc stuff like that trump wiped out or what is believed to have wiped out isis in that region isis started to come back due to some sanctions being lifted and things happening from this administration. Now, this is important because as we've talked about yesterday, you have Iran, 
with Russia and China and France and Germany and the UK and the United States negotiating on the Iran nuclear deal. While at the same time, that's going on, you have this war in Syria still occurring where you have Russia, Syria, and Iran, Iran working together to fight against opposition forces in Syria that are backed by U.S. troops and some even backed by helped by Israeli forces. So you're seeing a divide there of these nations continuing to fight. Now, what does that have to do with anything with the Iran nuclear deal? Well, this is why it's important we want to stay involved in this, and I, you're probably not going to hear it on the news today um, unless you're paying attention to some Jewish news network, is that the Biden administration is pursuing a deal with Iran to hand over over the next six years, eight years, $1 trillion to Iran. And starting in the first year, it will hand over of if they get back into the Iran nuclear deal. And this is why Iran wants to get back into it. In the first year, they would get $275 billion. Now, now up until 2030, they would have, if they get back into the Iran nuclear deal, they will get upwards of $1 trillion. Trillion with a T. So when we see these actions happening between U.S. in Syria, protecting its forces and negotiations occurring, it's very alarming to see the Biden administration continuing to try to negotiate this deal. Number one, you're still in a war. You know Iran, Islamic forces are... are not only sponsoring monetarily, but in training and recruiting um, to attack U.S. allies, not only in the Arab region, but potentially around the world and towards Israel. And so the demands that we, we learned about yesterday that the United States is looks like it's still giving into is quite alarming. And... Um, Israeli forces um, and Israeli leaders understand this, and they point out why it's important um, because you still have potential threats to Israel. And, and a good analysis from the Jerusalem Post points out that in part of these sanctions being lifted, they ultimately want Iran wants um, impunity and freedom of action for the IRGC, Islamic Revolutionary Guard, as well as the proxy terrorist groups in places like Yemen, Syria, uh, etc. And what's interesting is that I, the Jerusalem Post points out in an opinion article that says, Iran wants money from the West as blackmail to keep it from developing nuclear weapons while maintaining the right to take over Lebanon, Iraq, Syria, and Yemen, and then use those countries to attack neighboring countries as Israel, because that's what's happening right now. Ever since uh, Biden got back in, got into office with the Obama 3.0 administration, and says that they go on to say that this isn't a secret of matter of opinion. Iran openly says this is what it has in mind. It believes its units in those countries are part of the quote-unquote resistance and openly says it wants to use them against U.S., Israel, and other countries, such as several in the Gulf and 
that Iran has used drones and missiles to attack U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria, targeted the uh, UAE and Saudi Arabia and attacked ships in the Gulf of Oman. Uh, and outside of this report, knowing that they have also used uh, drones and missiles from Syria to go into Israel, Gaza, uh, Golan Heights, etc., to attack Israeli civilians and military assets. Now, what um, current Prime Minister Lapid of Israel is saying is that this deal won't the 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 commitment that Biden is trying to get back into won't prevent, and this is true, won't prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons. That's huge. At this same time. Because none of the actions that are the administration is pursuing are beneficial in the short term and or the long term. The sanctions that the Trump administration put on were fairly decent. The reality is, is it's more of a spiritual battle, and I know you guys understand that. But when trying to talk and deal and understand the political aspects of this is at the end of the day is the Holy Spirit needs to come. And there are those in the region who are – trying to spread the gospel there and having major um, victories in Islamic countries, not just Iran, uh, other countries throughout the Middle East, etc. As people in those countries see what having an Islamic regime does to a nation. So while this Spiritual and natural uh, darkness is over, taking over nations. There's also the, the redemptive benefit of that is there's a rise of a hunger for justice, for the truth, for an escape of this darkness, uh, not only naturally but spiritually. And then you're also seeing um, that – and I'll just highlight this. as political put out a good report talking about how Russia eyes um, – Backdoor deals, uh, backdoor busting, uh, sanctions deals uh, with Iran for oil sales as sanctions from the rest of the world come together. And this is more of a confirmation of what we've – smaller reports of what we've seen as it's now becoming more and more known the deepening ties between Russia and Iran as uh, Russia's Gazprom – oil and gas company that is having issues with the supposedly having issues uh, with sending gas to the rest of Europe, Germany, Poland, etc. Uh, but yet they're sending easily sending diplomats to Iran to negotiate possible deals and piping and sales through, uh, through ships in um, waters around the world. So just want to be aware of this issue as the focus in American media will most likely be uh, the Biden um, push for student loan debt, and I'll talk about that here right now, and obviously the midterms, which we'll get into as well. We, we you can walk, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. You don't have to go super deep into this stuff. You can just okay, as long as you pick up piece by piece by piece by piece, and eventually you spend so much time, you start to understand the topics and things, and, and that's the goal of what we want to do here. Okay, now what's also interesting and and. and while at the same time we have this going on with the Iran nuclear deal, we're seeing the Biden administration continue to pledge more money to Ukraine. Um, now, whether it's a good thing or bad thing is something we want to continue to pray about and just have pray for wisdom for this administration. 
But ultimately, uh, number one, let's pray for the Biden administration to have the fear of the Lord and military leaders to understand what's going on uh, with Iran and Israel. And hopefully when they're making decisions on this nuclear deal, and, and it may be the fact that as Iran is tr- putting on parameters of the deal that they know will most likely not go through, that the deal could possibly fall through. Never say never. Um, so we just want to pray for the fear of the Lord on this situation for them to make a decision um, in line with what the Lord would want in praying for uh, the peace of Jerusalem and, and, and against the dividing of the two, uh, of the state of Israel. Now, also with the Ukrainian issue is let's look at what's what the result of this is. And not only is it double-minded for the administration to militarily attack Iranian-backed forces in Syria, but in the situation going back to the Obama administration is if you remember, if you followed it long enough, you understand that Obama forced the hand of the Ukrainians to get rid of their weapons that they should have right now in order to defend themselves, that they that would be perfect for them, planes, um, missiles, etc., that they could be using, but the Obama administration forced them um, and the EU itself forced them to remove them to hopefully get in the EU. Now it's come back to bite everybody in the world in the butt, and specifically Americans as we continue to throw money at the Ukrainians. Um, so I digress from that, something to pay attention to. Now, uh, domestically, the news today is that the White House, or something we found out yesterday from CNN, is that the White House is expected to announce loan cancellation payments for anybody making under 125000 What's very, very interesting is that the Biden administration itself is trying to say that this will help uh, lower income borrowers and people who didn't actually graduate from college, uh, people who just went to college, took out student loans. Um, But the reality is uh, studies from Wharton, studies from the Cato Institute, the Brookings Institute uh, really show the opposite. And the, again, the big issue around this is not that they're just going to forgive the debt. The big issue is in how the government is continuing to stay involved in the loaning out of funds for useless degrees. And a lot of those who have more than, say, $50,000 or higher in debt are doctors, lawyers, etc. Some, If you're taking out more than six figures um, in student loan debts for an underwater basket weaving degree or a social studies degree or social services degree where you're making $40,000 a year, uh, there's a problem with just the writing of loans process from the government for those type of degrees. Like it doesn't make sense for somebody to go in six figures in debt to be able to make $40,000 a year when they'll barely be able to survive if they're paying those um, student student loans off throughout the rest of their career. Like it's going to take them their entire career, the rest of their lives to pay those student loans back. And the issue is, is that, okay, you have two sides of this. Economically, if things stay as they are, this is a bad decision. Now, if you are to forgive them, then what needs to happen is, number one, the loan approval process needs to completely change for the federal government. Will that happen? Pray we have leaders in place to do it. Um, Then you also have to cut back spending. So if you're going to decrease revenue, then you need to cut back spending to match that revenue that you're losing. Will that happen? Again, you need leaders in place who are actually going to do this. History shows not so much. Um... But then also, 
we have to have a realization not only within the job market, but within the college system and uh, not within the government, but within the college system and the job market. Because what's happening is that people are thinking they're forced to go get a job, go get a college degree because certain jobs, quote unquote, require it. Whereas in the past, some lower level jobs that you don't need a college degree, you just need some common sense and basic communication skills to be able to have a job. Um, that are now being forced upon hires, uh, employees, job prospectants to have a college degree, which is quite alarming, and putting them in these situations where they're hurting themselves in the long run for the benefit of this chase for intellect. And in most cases, they're getting no better education than they would have in, in high school. It's no difference there. Um, I have experience. I have a grad degree, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I say that. Um, but I, I followed Lord. There was there were some benefits of it there for me. But I, I continue to go on and, and understanding this also, that as we're playing, people are playing politics. Uh, Democrats are saying, well, this will help us in the midterms. Republicans are blaming this on Democrats. But we wouldn't be in this situation um, where the economy is in this bad of a situation. If it weren't for Republicans, just letting the Biden administration and Democrats continue to push uh, stimulus packages. So whenever any Republican says that, just say, hey, well, you're culpable as well. You can't just completely blame this. Then you have the progress progressive wings who saying, well, $10,000 isn't enough. We want 50. Um, and it's actually a smart move by the Biden administration to give a little because what this does is this opens the door for another little one down the road. $50,000 is a huge chunk that conservatives will uh, rightfully, and most Democrats themselves would rightfully just stand up against. But because it's $10,000, okay, that's cool. That's fine. Cool. Move on. Um, but again, there's some things that need to happen. If, if you're going to do this, the reason I'm looking at it this way is because the Biden administration looks like they're most likely going forward with this. They, they want to do some type of reparations. They want to um, forgive something to hopefully motivate younger Democrats to go out and vote in the midterms. It's, it's all political. Um, and the reality is, okay, if you're going to go forward with this, do I think it's the right move? Absolutely not. But if you're going to go forward with this, then okay, cut back spending, which they're most likely not going to do. Um, improve the student loan process in general, and then deal with the issue that colleges and universities do with raising their cost of tuition for no apparent reason than trying to make money. Um, Harvard and other private institutes have a big enough endowment for them to help cover the cost of their students, but yet they they choose not to want stu student loans to cover their students' tuitions. I could go off on this all day. Um, there's issues at play. Pray for wisdom for this Biden administration. And then ultimately continue to pray for leaders to stand against this Bernie Sanders agenda, which is what they're, they're pushing for um, in reality. Now, Want to highlight a few key races in uh, Florida and New York, and look at some of the results in Oklahoma that can can be somewhat surprising. So in Florida, I'm going to make sure I have it pulled up here. We see the Democratic gubernatorial um, candidate being pushed forward as Charlie Crist, beating out Nikki Freed, uh, who is just vehemently progressive and against DeSantos. Uh, you have some other smaller races that went heavily Republican in Florida. 
And then in New York, you're seeing a move away from the progressive wing of the Democratic Party and some of the candidates for uh, primary for House and Senate as they've chosen to stay with a more moderate approach. And then you obviously have Jerry Nadler, who won, um, who defeated um, a challenger, who was going off of personal attacks, and that doesn't bode well um, in New York. They, they, they'll be relational, and that's what happened there in um, New York with Jerry Nadler's race. But then uh, Oklahoma, there are some races there where the Republicans won heavily. Uh, or if, if you look towards the midterms, you're going to see Republicans could win heavily. There's some races that are quite alarming in Oklahoma for the voter turnout for Republicans. So there's a lot at play here. Uh, but all in all, now the field's pretty much set moving forward. And uh, one big victory, uh, this one's huge, this is most likely won't get talked about unless it's local, and and that's key. But I want to point this out because this is dealing with local school boards. And since I lived in South Florida, I understand this a little bit better. Um, the 1776 Project, which is a organization that deals with getting involved in the education process and getting school boards back to their job of teaching, reading, writing, and arithmetic, got involved in the Miami-Dade school board elections and talked about how Florida won their elections, um, the candidates that they supported, uh, flipping school boards conservative from extremely progressive, like beyond – you thought um, Loudoun County, Virginia was bad. The things going on in Miami and South Florida – in those areas are um, just a tip of the icingberg um, compared to what happened in Loudoun County, and so this is this is huge move and something showing that parents are going to continue to stay involved um, and will be a motivating factor for these midterms coming up. And we want to I want to pull this up again is these the five foundations that as we get closer towards these midterms uh, of things to rely upon. And as we see what's going on with the administration, with Israel and Iran, it's important to remember this. These five foundations that Todd Trahan talks about. One, creation, life, marriage, sexuality, and Israel. And the reason I bring this up and we'll continue to, to remind ourselves of what these foundations are found in Genesis that Todd Trahan points out and the looking, if you go read his blog again, remembering what Hitler did against this is that there's the and the biggest thing he pointed out is within the church is look at these stances, each of these stances, and where the church has gotten off. And one of the bigger ones you can point to is life. Obviously, you have a split within the church on just this issue alone. Then now we're getting into marriage, where homosexuality, um, everything is being openly advocated for in some churches. Um, sexuality as well now with the whole transgender movement and Israel as well. And it's interesting enough is I bring this point up because you know we want to pray for leaders who have biblical foundations and biblical morals and fear of the Lord. But it first starts in the church. And so we want to, number one, just 
the, we have to deal with this in the church. If, if, if the church isn't being the light, the salt and light to the earth, then where else is the world going to run to? If, if we're we're divided, then they're just they're going to go with what feels right, and that's what's happening right now. And if they're intellectual, they'll, they'll go to what is ever an intellectual argument, not looking at both sides of the argument. So in reality, we need to repent for the church, church in America from turning away from biblical foundations of Scripture and intercede for future leaders to be humble, have the fear of the Lord, and prepare, be prepared to return to standing back to biblical foundations. Uh, Rick Joyner's pointing out lately of the new Barna study with Mark Nuttall that the people, and I think you're seeing it in Miami as an example, the people themselves are turning back to the foundations. But our leaders are not, current leaders specifically. And this is why it's important for us to pray for the future leaders to have the fear and wisdom of the Lord and to walk out the biblical foundations so that we can get back to our destiny of spreading the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. Because right now, um, we're at a place where we're not sending out missionaries with biblical foundations um, as we used to. We're sending out missionaries who are pushing an LGBTQ plus agenda where the church, the churches of the dominant nominations around the world are saying, we don't agree with that. We don't stand with that. We want to break away. Um, speaking specifically of the Methodist church and other denominations as well and, and conflicts within other denominations as well. And so it's important for us to realize the issues at its root level in hoping that we can repent, cover for it, and, and then ask for the Lord to give leaders, pastors, and we can sit here and I could probably pick things out of everybody and myself included, like things that I say that need to be corrected. Not that I'm perfect or I know all, but that the, the core cusp of it is we're walking away from the foundations of Scripture, and that's an alarming factor. And you're seeing it in, in these five areas. Just... If you, if you get off on these five areas, where else are you going off on? down the road on issues 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, etc.? So that's why we want to be here praying for the office of the president in this nation, hoping, having our faith increase for the return. And, and this is why we need a revival right now. It's because we're walking away from these five foundations. If we weren't walking away from these five foundations, we wouldn't need a revival. Israel went through this process, Europe has gone through this process before, and now America is going back through this process, um, again, even throughout, through our short history. So that's why we're here, that's why we're praying, and, and that's why we thank each and every one of you for following along, listening, and continuing to stand with us and pray for us. Hopefully this is encouraging to you today. Um, and then don't forget we have our noon prayer today and our service tonight, again, continuing on um, this series of Testimonies of Revival. So I'll close with that. Blessings to each and every one of you, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.